You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast... Pastor Andrew Womack seems to be looking for the opportunity to take part in a civil war. It's bizarre, as if he'd last a second in a war zone today. Let's talk about the Seven Mountains Mandate. It is all over the place right now, and nobody fully understands just how integrated into society it is. Tucker Carlson interviewed Vladimir Putin, and it went about as well as you'd expect. He practically let Putin talk uninterrupted for two hours straight. Let's talk about it. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, owenmorgan.com, and then click contact me in the corner. Also, check out my book, owenmorgan.com book. It's about my life as a Jehovah's Witness. It talks about their doctrine, how they get it wrong, my experience of exiting the religion, how you can exit the religion. And I also have a separate book, which is the last chapter and its own separate thing called 100 Questions. And it's 100 questions for Jehovah's Witnesses. So check those out. owenmorgan.com slash book. Send in a voicemail if you want. It might go viral. I had one go viral recently. 500,000 views in just a couple days. Uh, 1-800-701-8573. I asked people to... How do I say this politely? I asked people to rip my ass. Really lay into me. Give me a hard time. Give me the business. Tell me where I'm screwing things up. So, Paul, lay it on me, buddy. Tell me what I'm messing up. Owen, this is Paul from Massachusetts. Uh, I liked your channel, been listening to your channel for a couple of years. Um, I liked it when your main focus was freeing people's minds from cults. Uh, I like it less when I guess you're showing some of the naivete that you have it's directly related to being a witness for years and then looking at the left as somehow liberating for you okay you know what i'll let him finish go on and some of your political shit is just dumb but anyway i still like you you're one of the more personable people on youtube uh i'm watching your channel as i as i say this have a good night. Have a good year. Bye. <clears throat> well, I appreciate that, Paul, very much, really. I do. And actually, in all seriousness, I really do appreciate criticism and, uh, you know, ripping my ass and everything. I, I want people to call in and, and give me the business, really. I mean, there are some videos where people charitably and honestly gave me honest assessments of ways in which I can be better. And that's been really, really valuable, so... Some voicemails. Like, I don't need to play those. I just need to think about, think them over, you know. About uh, what Paul here had to say. Claiming that somebody is naive for being on the left is unfounded and ridiculous. I'm not showing naivete because I'm on the left. And, and you know what? If you think I am, tell me how. Give me more information. In fact, Paul, I want you to call in again, okay? I check voicemails every Friday or Saturday. Best time to call in, Friday or Saturday, one of those two days. I'm nearly guaranteed 
to hear the message if it's under like a minute long. So leave a message and tell me what things you think I'm naive about. And that you have, and it's directly related to being a witness for years and then looking at the left as somehow liberating for you. I don't look at the left as liberating for me. Um, I look at exiting Jehovah's Witnesses as liberating for me. As far as my political affiliation goes, I just have a set of principles. Here are my principles. I want to expand people's rights, and I want to respect everybody. I want everybody to feel like they're welcome and respected, just like everybody else. I don't want anybody to feel downtrodden or beaten down by society or mistreated in any way. If I can contribute in some way by helping people feel better about who they are, get a leg up when they need it, you know, get food stamps, get cash assistance, get housing, you know, Section 8 housing, whatever. I'm down. I'll do it. I'll be the first one in line every year to, to do it, to pay those taxes, to help those people, whatever it takes. And I'm not sure how that's like naive. And I'm not sure how it's linked to being a Jehovah's Witness or, or liberating or whatever. But I do appreciate the phone call very much. And please call in again and tell me what you think. Uh, Emily and Washington, uh, my last message got, got cut off weird, um, but it was basically my only criticism of you is that you let liberals off too easy. Uh, you'll say, oh, they're not that bad. They're not as bad as the Republicans. And for the most part, I would agree, you know, uh, but you also forget that uh, Democrats do the most insider trading, point blank, you know, so it's like both sides are bad. Okay, it got cut off. I'm not sure why that happened, but I appreciate the call. I simply disagree when you say that the left does the most insider trading. I don't know how you could have come to that conclusion or how you could back that up. I just like I I I just disagree. I don't like I think Mitt Romney is like the only Republican left with any integrity at this point. They all seem to be obsessed with making as much money as humanly possible and it's just disgusting the thing is look i know the left is not good there are some left-wing higher up politicians that are terrible they're they're terrible but the right at this moment in time is so bad that that's who i feel i need to focus on i'm focusing on the left in exact proportion to how damaging I think they are as, a, as like a, a monolith or as a party, as a movement. Republicans have this much damage that they're doing to society. The left has this much damage they're doing. I'm addressing the one that has more proportionally. And right now, that is pretty much entirely the right. When something bad happens, if it comes across my feed, I find it in the news. Yeah, I'll talk about it. I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just focusing in on the absolute insanity that's happening in the Republican Party right now. Anyway, thank you for the criticism. I appreciate it. Please call in. Uh, everybody, call in, rip my ass. I want some ass ripping. This is Darren. Um, I really like your show. It's a mixed bag for me. I'm an atheist, 
and I agree with everything you say about religion. The only problems I have are what you say about the border not being more open than what it has always been. Just to clarify, I said the border is not any more open than it it's ever been. The border policy is basically the same now as it was under Donald Trump. I'm sure people have probably seen video of people just waltzing right in over just like walking in through gates or whatever. The reason that there's this big open hole there instead of like a, a gate that closes is because by international law, the United States is required to maintain a humanitarian corridor that leads to a UN refugee center where they can apply for asylum status. That is why that that I'm sorry, that is why that big hole is there for people to come in. The majority of people who come into the United States over the border are asylum seekers. They're coming in 100% legally if they're asylum seekers. Anyway, um, there is no crisis at the border. I simply reject it. Oh, also, in addition to the fact that a lot of these people are asylum seekers and not breaking the law as a result, immigration is phenomenally good for a country. Like, oh my God, it's so valuable to a society. Why are we demonizing immigration? I don't, I don't understand. There's only one reason I can think of. But okay, I'm sorry. Let, let's keep listening than what it has always been, receiving 575 migrants to Tennessee. And I guess the call ended there. I'm not, I'm not super clear. 575 migrants to Tennessee. Not sure what that was in reference to, but I appreciate the opportunity to clarify my position on the subject. Like, the border states are set up to handle asylum seekers and migrants. The federal government has facilities and the United Nations has facilities, buildings and inspectors and judges and, and all these other people there at the border to do intake. We need more, without a doubt. We need a lot more people to handle the asylum seekers and the migrants and everything that are coming in. But sending them to Tennessee or sending them to Florida or Martha's Vineyard or to Washington, D.C., they don't have like a U.N. asylum seeker like center in Martha's Vineyard. I'm not sure why anybody would send them there. Send them to their refugee center, if anything. Because immigration is often not Christian classes, they do not make money off of them, right? Yeah, by the way, what happened to helping the poor? What happened to helping the weakest among us? What was it Jesus said in his sheep and goats parable? But Lord, when did we do any of those things? If you helped the, the least of my family, then you helped me. What are refugees, if not the weakest members of the family, the human race family. They are down and out. They've had a horrific life more often than not. Their home destroyed, their families dead a lot of the time, or even worse, families who wish that they were dead. 
lost all of their physical items that they used to have. They don't have anything but the shirt on their back, and they made it to the border here. And now they have to swim through the river to reach the other side and find that there's razor wire in the river to cut them to ribbons. Would Jesus approve of that? Is Greg Abbott going to heaven? Does he believe that Jesus loves him? Does he pray at night? Greg Abbott, specifically him? The guy that is defying the Supreme Court and refusing to remove razor wire from the water, which has already killed people? Does he pray to God at night? And does he think that God is listening to those prayers? That's my question. Anyway, uh, thank you for the call. I wish that it hadn't gotten cut off. I don't know what happens to it. But again, if you call in Thursday, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, any time of day or night, leave a voicemail that's shorter than a minute. I'm nearly guaranteed to hear it. Quick note before we continue, I want to let you know I just wrote a book. If you want to check it out, owenmorgan.com slash book. It's a book about my experiences within Jehovah's Witnesses. It's completely understandable if you know nothing about Jehovah's Witnesses. And if you're a Christian, it's a good reference to use for why Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong about their interpretation of the Bible. The last chapter of the book is 100 questions that I have for the governing body. I'm selling the last chapter separately as its own separate guide, if you guys want to get that too. So check it out, owenmorgan.com slash book. I'd appreciate that. Hi, Owen. It's Liz from Minnesota. I'm sick, so I'm going to have to do this quickly. But I noticed that sometimes when you talk about your life, you tend to like change up the dates a little bit or change the stories ever so slightly. Do you do that unintentionally? Like, for example, you said you were homeschooled from 10 to 14 in your latest video, but I thought it was from when you were 12 to 16, or maybe I got that wrong. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't think I ever said that it was from 10 to 14. No, I I don't change details intentionally. I moved to West Virginia from Connecticut when I was 8. My brother got married when I was 12. And when he left the house, that's when they started homeschooling me. I was halfway through seventh grade. They started homeschooling me. And actually, I only homeschooled for three years. I thought it was four, but it was only three. During that time, I got into it with my dad really badly at 13 or so. And I went to live with my brother for six months. And it was surprisingly even worse with my brother in every way. I did have like a spiritual awakening where I was trying to get baptized as a Jehovah's Witness. I moved back in with my parents at, let me think, so I think I moved in with my brother halfway through 14, and then 15, I moved back to my parents. I was only with my brother for like six months. 15, I was enrolled in like a homebound pregnancy program and I was there for the remainder of the school year, which is only like a few months. And it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I went to full school. And that was uh, high school. That was when I was about 16. So I really homeschooled from probably 13 to 16. And I did not talk to another human being for that entire time. I went to my brother in Atlanta, Georgia, and I stayed with him for like six months. And again, no internet. And that this time I didn't even have TV. I had nothing. 
literally nothing at my brother's house. I mean, he thought he was doing the right thing, I guess, as a Jehovah's Witness, but it wasn't the right thing at all. I had CDs, albums, and I had a stereo, Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, stuff that my brother's wife at the time liked. That was it. So anyway, that was only a few months, but it wasn't good. If I change little details, it's totally unintentional. But no, I, I wasn't homeschooling at 10. That wasn't until halfway through seventh grade. Hey, Owen, it's Jet. I already left a voicemail, but I wanted to leave one more. I had a question. How do you feel about people who believe in God by choice? Um, I myself feel like I often force myself to try to believe in a God, not because I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't, but more because I just don't want to feel so alone in the world. I'm curious what you think about it. Thanks. Yeah, I would love if that were an option. It's just like a conclusion that I've reached. I just don't believe it. Simple as that. There's nothing I can do to change it. There's no conclusion that I can reach other than the one that I already have. Community is extremely valuable and important. You know, when I was little, my parents were destitute. I was destitute. We didn't have a penny to our name. And the congregation gave me like a backpack, gave my parents like thousands of dollars, gave us canned food and everything. And you know, gave me school supplies, paper, and colored pencils, and everything. They gave me everything. And, you know, that type of community cannot be replaced. It is so valuable. And it's something that atheists just do not have. I would love it if I could believe this stuff. I just can't, you know? It's just not real is all. Anyway, I appreciate the phone call. Um, it's an interesting question. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that wish that they could believe it and they just can't. Yeah, tell me what you guys think in the comments. Next up, Pastor Andrew Womack seems to be looking for the opportunity to take part in a civil war. It's bizarre, as if he'd last a second in a war zone today. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. A friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. This is so ridiculous at this point. This, guy, this is Andrew Womack. If you're unfamiliar with him, God, dude, he's just like detached from reality with some of the stuff he says. How could anybody possibly honestly believe that a teacher wears a tail and ears to class and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom. Who could possibly believe this? Well, as it turns out, there are some clips that I haven't played from Andrew Womack because they would get me banned if I did, but I can play them now. So I want to talk about some of the ridiculous, stupid stuff Andrew Womack said. The reason I couldn't play them before is because they're just flat-out, bald-faced lies from uh, about COVID, basically, and about, uh, you know, other pandemics and stuff. He also has some absolutely backward stuff about trans people, although that one's not banned. Um, I have another one that's from John MacArthur that's banned. But yeah, let's listen to the banned clips from this guy, shall we? Before we do, let me just give you a little bit of an idea of who he is. 
he's one of those people who claimed that Trump was going to win, right, in 2020. And when he was wrong, everybody said, hey, check that out. You were wrong. Looks like Biden won. That means I was correct because I predicted that Biden would win. So I'm the prophet here in this situation. Isn't everybody in government there because God put them there? Isn't that what like Roman says or whatever? It says that the government leaders are there because God put them there, basically. So now let's listen to Andrew Womack try to weasel his way out of that one. I heard a leader in the body of Christ say that God sovereignly puts in the president. As Romans says, yes, that's correct. And so if, if Biden winds up being the one, then God is the one who put him in. And man, I just hate that. I disagree with that 1,000%. By the way, this was immediately after the election ended, and Biden had won the election. So it was mid-November 2020 when this clip came out, I believe. Anyway, Biden had not been inaugurated yet, and I guess Trump believed that there was still an opportunity to end democracy in the U.S. I agree with that 1,000%. And let me just give you one scripture that if you believe the Bible, it disproves that. And that's Hosea chapter 8, verse 4, and it says, and Hold on. It's Hosea. Why are we reading from Hosea? The Bible, as a matter of fact, I have one right here. It's what I keep my water bottle on. Yeah, I just put my water bottle right here. It's a good water bottle holder. Anyway, the Old Testament has a total of 12 minor prophets is what they're called. So we've got 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then we've got the Chronicles and... Those are the story about David rising to power and taking control and Solomon and everything else. Then we have like the minor prophets, people like Hosea, Jonah was a minor prophet, Malachi, Zechariah, Zephaniah, so on and so forth. They're minor prophets. And the minor prophets basically are there to prophesy when a harvest has gone really, really poorly and say, God will fix the harvest next year if you blah, blah, blah. If you do this thing or that thing for him, if you sacrifice two cats and a goat or something, then he'll fix the harvest for you. That, that's the kind of thing they were doing back then. The minor prophets are not meant for modern day prophet, uh, prophetic interpretations. The prophetic interpretation was provided at the time by the prophet. So he's going all the way back to Hosea to Jewish literature. I'm not sure why we're looking at Jewish literature instead of Christian literature, but okay, go on. And it says, and they have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. I mean, okay, so he picked out some random verse from some random book, from some random minor prophet from the Old Testament that said something like, in this one specific case, God hadn't picked the king. And he's using that as the basis to claim that Romans, the, you know, the Christian verses in Romans, I think Romans 13, are completely invalidated. Is it Romans 13? I got to look it up. Hold on. All right. Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. There you go. That's what Roman, Romans 13, 1. So this guy has to go all the way back to Hosea, a minor prophet from the Old Testament, the old Jewish literature, to find a verse that, out of context, invalidates the
the Christian literature. Good job there, uh, Andrew. Fantastic work. Do it not. I mean, right there, the Lord just clearly says that I wasn't a part of you putting this king yeah. in. I'm not the yeah. one who put that prince there. God doesn't put people in who are going to kill and expand the killing of babies by the millions. Even okay, that's not what's happening, first of all. And second, God is in favor of abortion. Numbers 5, 11 to 22. He wants people to get abortions in some cases. It's mandated. You know why? It's important to maintain male lineages in the Bible. If you weren't sure who your wife was with, then you should get an abortion in the Bible. Just to be sure, just so that you know that it's definitely your kid, that kind of thing. Numbers 5, 11 to 22. Just give that a read if you're curious. So this whole expand the killing of babies thing? And expand the killing of babies? Uh, that's not what's happening. But if that, wa if that is what's happening, you know, with the, the abortion or whatever, God would be all for it, as a matter of fact. By the millions, even babies that have been born alive? You guys catch that one? One more time. Listen to the whole thing in context. God doesn't put people in who are going to kill and expand the killing of babies by the millions, even babies that have been born alive. Babies who've been born alive are being killed. This is the old myth of post-birth abortion. This doesn't exist. Nobody's advocating for it. Nobody has ever advocated for it. I don't know a single person who says that this should be possible to do, this should be allowed, or this whatever. This is a fabrication in the mind of scared right-wing nutbags. That is it. Do you know another name for post-birth abortion? It's called murder. You're murdering somebody at that point, okay? There's no such thing. But we have Andrew Womack here to find esoteric little verses for us from the Old Testament for minor prophets to invalidate modern or to invalidate more modern Christian literature and to tell us that God doesn't like abortion when in fact he he absolutely does. So great. Thank you for the information there, Andrew. He's not the one putting in people that are pushing the LGBTQ uh, agenda. Wait, what? Why did what did Jesus say about it? Did Jesus say anything about being gay? Did Jesus have a problem with trans people at all? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Jesus said a goddamn fucking word about it, as a matter of fact. No, he didn't. And for what it's worth, the verses in the New Testament... All right, the, the verses in the Old Testament are invalidated because it was Leviticus 18 and 20. That's the Mosaic Law, the Old Law. We don't follow that anymore because Jesus fulfilled the Old Law. When he died, he said... He didn't come to end it, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled it. That's why we eat shellfish. That's why we eat pork. That's why we wear cotton and linen blends, so on and so forth. So Leviticus 18 and 20 are invalidated. Genesis 19, I think, was the third verse in the Old Testament that even mentioned it. Okay, we've got 32,000 verses in the entire Bible, and we have six that are anti-gay to any degree. The two in Leviticus are invalidated. The one in Genesis is about Sodom and Gomorrah. And actually, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for their ill treatment of the poor, not because of gay activity. That had nothing to do with the destruction. 
The other three verses in the Bible are New Testament. We got a verse in one of the Timothys, one of the Corinthians, and in Romans. The one that people grapple with the most is in Romans, but all of the all three of the verses weren't talking about what we understand today as gay marriage, as long-term gay relationships. They were talking about being the passive participant in a prostitution situation and also pederasty where an older man would take a younger boy as his pupil and do terrible things. That's what was being condemned. And it was largely being condemned because he thought that Paul thought it made the church look bad. So anyway, Jesus said nothing about it. Paul only mentioned it in passing and only in certain circumstances and only because it was, he was afraid it would make the church look bad. All the stuff in the Old Testament, irrelevant, thrown out. And don't try to tell me that there weren't gay people back then. Uh, you know, back in Jesus' day and in Abraham and Isaac and, you know, Jacob's day and all that. There were absolutely gay people around then, too. I love how this guy finds, out of 32,000 verses, finds the three verses in the New Testament that back up his political position anti-gay marriage yeah good job cherry picking the hell out of that bible i don't know anybody who could do it better expand the killing of babies by the millions even babies that have been born alive he's not the one putting in people that are pushing the lgbtq uh agenda and i'm sorry romans 13 1 simply disagrees with you good sir causing social upheaval he's not the one that's putting in people that are going to socialize everything and radicalize it that okay you do realize that jesus was like a socialist right are we on the same page about that one i can't even believe this dude is, like brought the word socialism up in a negative context when talking about the bible that kind of blows me away okay all right, so now you have an idea of who Andrew Womack is and why he believes that God absolutely did not choose Joe Biden. Now listen to Hank Kuhneman, another failed prophet of God, claiming to prophesy that Donald Trump would absolutely win the 2020 election. Listen to him justify the idea that God didn't put Biden into power. He wanted Trump, but he's apparently just not powerful enough for it. Uh, by the way, this clip from Hank Kuhneman is from mid-May 2021. It's about uh, five months after inauguration. Somebody had released recently about how there were some uh, prophetic ministers that uh, supposedly had a dream that uh, the, the B guy uh, would... Why does he just say Biden? ...win and 45 would lose, and they are accurate prophets. No, they aren't. Uh, yes, they are. Joe Biden is in office. Donald Trump is not. What do you call that? If not accurate, that's what happened. Because he won. <laughs> so you, you can call it whatever you want and that they had the skinny beforehand, but the truth of the matter is he won. Dude, these people are shameless. They are absolutely shameless. That is how people like Andrew Womack and Hank Kuhneman and other prophets justified failing their prophecies, claiming something happened when it absolutely didn't. Now that you have an idea of who Andrew Womack is, let's talk about this more recent clip. This one is from early February 2024. He's doing this call-in thing with Gene Bailey. I think they're on Flashpoint, or maybe they were on Andrew's show 
with the Flashpoint guest. But anyway, they're both on the Victory Channel, which is Kenneth Copeland's network. How can we use your declaration of our dependence on God as our declaration of independence and use the Bible as a constitution and have a, I don't know what you'd want to call it, a grace revolution, but a new, a new, uh, a new, you know, do it again. So what she just said, the caller, she basically just said, how do we use, how do we institute the Bible? How do we set it up so that the Bible is used as our new constitution? And how do we set up your declaration as our new declaration of independence? Does she, I guess she's saying she wants to like break off from the United States, right? Or does she just like, does she want to take the United States with her and force everybody else out? I don't know. You know, Molly, I don't believe we need to come up with a new constitution. The one we have is fine. The problem is people aren't following it. Our constitution, I mean, if you were to put it. How do we have, how can we have another American revolution is the Chiron at the bottom. Molly from Virginia. Wow. If you were to put it into biblical terms, if they were still writing the Bible today, I believe that the American constitution and the founding of this nation would be in scripture as one of the great things that God has done. Okay, I guess he thinks God created the uh, Constitution. So there's nothing wrong with our Constitution. It's the fact that we aren't following it. And, you know, I've... Like, how are we not following the Constitution? What the hell are you even talking about? I don't understand. And, you know, I've dealt with this before. I've actually told people that if Trump gets back in, there are people that are saying that they will physically fight. They, right. We've seen riots in the streets, you know, back during the 2020 and the George Floyd and uh, riots and all these things. Uh, just completely fabricated, complete fabricated nonsense. The George Floyd protests were not riots. They weren't attacks on the fundamental democracy that we live in the way that january 6th was just complete nonsense it's like people saying after george floyd new york city is destroyed oh no i mean i live in new york city it's still here it's fine everything's good i mean there are protests around every now and then for like palestine or whatever and the protests march from one end of manhattan island to the other and then everybody goes home it, like there's no no one is boarding up their windows, living in fear they're going to be destroyed or any of that other nonsense. It's people just live in another reality. It's like they've never been to another city in their life or been to a city at all. So they think that they can make like any claim they want about it. These things. And I've actually had people say, say that if Trump was to be elected, if we got a conservative Congress, that they fear that we would have another uh, civil war. And you know what? I don't want a civil war. I don't know anybody that does. But would it be worth it to turn this nation back? I believe it would. That is disturbing, dude. That is as disturbing as it gets. You know, when you talk to veterans about this, when you talk to people who have been in war and actually seen some of the things that come out of war, you know, when you talk to like a combat medic who had to amputate somebody's leg on the spot immediately or they were going to die. They know what war brings and nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Veterans generally will do anything to avoid war. Surprisingly, Andrew Womack is a veteran. He had this conversation with a dude named Doug Frank. He works closely with Mike Lindell. 
to undermine election integrity as Lindell does, you know. Listen to what Doug Frank had to say to Andrew Womack about civil war. And we have whistleblowers that we also have people in America that are traitors that cooperated with this to get the ends that they wanted. Just completely made up. Like, no, there wasn't, like, an American collaborator trying to prevent Trump from winning, and that's why he lost. Like, it's absurd. So it's not just foreign actors. We've got some bad actors in our own country, and frankly, they're traitors, and they deserve traitors' treatment. I.E. hung. If you can prove this, are Which he can't. people going to yes. be guilty of treason? Is there going to be jail time or repercussions for them? Yes, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we have some real traitors. And I, I talk to a lot of veterans these days, and they're, you know, they, they're the guys who have been in the field and seen their buddies die in the field. Um, I've been right there. You're a vet as well. I am. Are you, are you just going to roll over and let the liberty that your buddies died for just I'm go to waste? <laughs> no way. And, 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 and that's what I think is happening. You know, as people are waking up, especially our vets, they're saying, hey, my oath is a lifetime oath. I, you know, I'm still going to serve my country. I think people are rising up and, and they're not going to just be happy with, well, let's just slap that guy in the wrist. No way. That person's a traitor. And, you know, my buddies died for less than that. So I think, I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some pretty stiff consequences coming up. That is super disturbing, man. Andrew Womack has been in a war. He has been in a war and allegedly seen his friend die next to him and wants that again for the United States, apparently. What is wrong with this guy? What is going through his head? Is there anything going through that head? That is about as disturbing as it gets. Okay, now I told you we were going to watch some clips that were banned previously. Let's watch some banned clips, shall we? This one is from late April 2020. It's about two months or a month and a half or so after COVID really started being taken seriously in the United States. Cases were popping up everywhere, every single state, and the news is talking about it. everyone is kind of freaking out. Stock market plummets. And everyone's staying inside. We don't know if it can be carried in on our groceries or, or if it's going to cause permanent brain damage or what. Like, we had no idea. We didn't know. Quick interjection. This won't take long. If you like what I do, it would be awesome if you guys checked out my Patreon. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. That's the phase we were in when Andrew Womack comes out here and releases this video. See, when you put things into perspective... It changes. And these other pandemics that happen, you know, I, I remember uh, the swine flu in 1918. I studied about it. He studied about the swine flu in 1918. Okay. Something tells me that he didn't because that was the Spanish flu in 1918. And the swine flu was in 2012. Uh, 2009, sorry, April 2009 is when the swine flu came around. It's H1N1 influenza virus, and it was very, very bad. It was killing a lot of people. It was making them really, really sick. But this guy studied the swine flu in 1918. Okay, go on. You know, I, I remember uh, the swine flu in 1918. I studied about it, and 95% of the people who got the swine flu died. 
Okay, again, like, I don't think that's correct. I don't think anything he says here is correct, but okay. Again, I'm still not even sure. Is he talking about the swine flu or the Spanish flu? Swine flu death rate or mortality rate. Uh, I think it killed 0.01 to 0.03% of those infected. The swine flu did, I believe, if I'm reading this correctly. I, I might not be, uh, which is not nothing. That's still serious. You know, if 200 million people catch this condition, this this virus, you know, we're looking at like 600,000 deaths still. That's a lot. That's not nothing. And the Spanish flu in 1918 had a fatality rate of 2 to 3%. Holy Christ, that's a lot. My God, dude. It, I mean, COVID's numbers were 0.06%. Um, that's COVID's mortality rate, 0.06% as of 2022. Swine flu was 0.03%, H1N1. That was 09. And the mortality rate of the Spanish flu in 1918 was between 2 and 3%, as far as I can tell. Those are the numbers. So let, let's listen to what he says here one more time with all of that information in mind. See, when you put things into perspective... It changes. And these other pandemics that happen, you know, I, I remember uh, the swine flu in 1918. I no, he doesn't. studied about it. And 95% of the people who got the swine flu died. No. The mortality rate was 0.03% of swine flu, between 2 and 3% of Spanish flu, and 0.06% for COVID. Now it's less than 5%, somewhere around 1% for the coronavirus if you include all of the people that don't have the symptoms. Sure, yes, great, fine. It's less than 1%. Do you have any idea how many people that is? Just pull up a cal uh, calculator here. Do you know how many people have not had COVID in the United States? It's almost like winning the lottery at this point to have not caught COVID at one time or another. So we'll say 300 million people, right? Times 0.06%. I think, wait, what is that? Is that 1.8 million? Yeah, I think it's 1.8 million people. I could be doing my numbers wrong here. I think it's 1.8 million people is how many it kills. Who cares though, right? Not a big deal. It's less than 1%. You'll be fine. Nobody cares. Like, what is wrong with this guy? What happened to the value of human life, of all human life? around 1% for the coronavirus if you include all of the people that don't have the symptoms. It's relatively insignificant. No, it still kills millions of people and has killed millions of people. Looking back at this now, I mean, we're years out from when he said this originally. This is just disgusting, dude. This is grotesque and evil and wrong. But it gets worse if you can believe it. Andrew Womack said even more disgusting stuff about covid again another banned video right here for a while this one was from uh 2020 i just have this down as 2020 so early 2020 presumably and we were promised that no sickness would even come nigh our dwelling and daniel something i've been studying just in the last couple of days mm -hmm. based oh god that the scariest words you can hear a christian say i've been studying the book of daniel <laughs> 
Oh, uh, so much garbage. Like, look, the angels interpreted the prophecies from the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, you have no reason to be interpreting anything from Daniel. But okay, I digress. Let's keep listening. So he's, he's reading the book of Daniel. Go on. Something I've been studying just in the last couple of days mm -hmm. based on all of this was Exodus 23, 25. And that verse says that you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall take all, take away all sickness, from take you. all sickness away from the midst of thee. Mm -hmm. And I looked up those words in the Hebrew and the word take and away, the word on either side of sickness, it literally means to turn off. I seriously doubt it, but you understand what he's saying here, right? He's saying based on some book or some uh, verse in the book of Exodus, God is going to disable Christians' ability to catch COVID. Christians will uniquely be safe from COVID infection. That's what he was saying. How depraved is that? Seriously. Millions of people listening to this guy. Kenneth Copeland Network. Word on either side of sickness, it literally means to turn off. Wow. He will turn off sickness, and it was put in there twice just to emphasize that you know, whatever receptors you have in your body that mm -hmm. make you receptive mm -hmm. to sickness, he'll turn it off. That's awesome. That's just wrong, man. And of course, now we know years down the line that Christians didn't have any better or worse outcomes than anyone else. In fact, if anything, they had worse outcomes because they had people like this telling them that they'd be perfectly safe. I, that's awesome. That's a so great revelation. I've got all of that on our website. You can go study those things. He says that's a great revelation. That is disgusting, dude. So God apparently gave him this, this secret information. This is just wrong. Here's another one. Another previously banned video from YouTube. God, I hope they don't take this down for misinformation. <laughs> they might still. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, I'm debunking it, so I think it's okay. This is July 2nd, 2020. Six months. Six whole months after COVID came around and wreaked havoc on society. Listen to this one. Did you know if you get tested for the COVID-19 virus, if you've had a flu shot, then you test positive? No, that is completely false. It was false then and it's false now. The flu and the corona, all right, the influenza virus and the coronavirus are two completely different things, not similar in any way. Okay, this is six months later. There is no excuse for this. When you have an audience, you need, especially an audience of religious nutcases who will do anything for you, anything, you need to be more responsible with the things you say. This is just wrong. Then you test positive. If you've had a cold, you test positive. If False. You've had the flu because all of those things are COVID. COVID. No, 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 no. It's false. My God. I can't get through two words without like debunking what he's saying here. If you've had a cold, you test positive. If you've had the flu, because all of those things are COVID. COVID-19 is the 19th different COVID virus, a cold, the common. COVID is the 19th virus. That's why it's COVID-19. So there was previously COVID-18, 17, 16. We had COVID-9 the other day. Hell, um, back in 1920, there was COVID-3, apparently. This dude is a joke.
This is six months later. There's no excuse for this. None. Common cold is a COVID virus. The flu is a COVID virus. And so anyway, there's no, no, they're not. COVID is the illness that arises from being infected with SAR with SARS-CoV-2, I believe is what it's called. And SARS-CoV-2 is a coronavirus. And the reason it's called a coronavirus is because it has a crown shape on it. That's what the word corona means, crown, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it means crown. Just want to clarify that. The coronavirus had a crown shape on it. Now, the influenza virus is completely different. And he mentioned the common cold. There are a variety of different viruses that cause the cold, the common colds. There are rhinoviruses. And yes, some are coronaviruses. But if you have those coronaviruses, they are different enough from SARS-CoV-2 that they will not trip a test as positive. Even back then, this is absurd. This is absolutely ridiculous and disgusting. Seriously, six months down the line, okay? He should be a lot more careful six months down the line. And so anyway, they're saying that this inflates. Wait, who's they? He says they are saying. Who's, who's they in this equation? Why they're saying that this inflates the numbers. <laughs> they are saying that positive tests as a result of the flu inflates the numbers. Okay, I don't know who's saying that, but I'm starting to wonder if Andrew Womack is like seeing or hearing people in the room with him. Absolutely absurd and disgusting. That guy is terrible. He did nothing but destroy during the uh like during the pandemic he had an opportunity to be an okay person to help people he had a chance to save people's lives and what did he do he got people killed good job andrew i hope you're happy with yourself you know not for nothing but today andrew womack is talking smack about quote unquote the homosexuals oh my god dude just so much disgusting stuff from this guy like I only have so much time to talk about him, but just listen to this one. Homosexuals have like uh, three times as much suicide as heterosexuals, and then you go into transgender and it just continues to go up. It's mm. a very destructive lifestyle. Yeah. Have a, uh, a destructive lifestyle, right. Yeah. They have a shorter life expectancy. They have 20 years less that the homosexual lives than a uh, heterosexual. And, you know, uh, cigarettes take an average of seven years off of a person's life. So wow. homosexuality is three times worse than smoking. We ought to put a, a label across their forehead. This could be hazardous to your health. You know, I think that speaks for itself, right? This dude is terrible. That isn't even the worst thing, honestly, that I've heard from him re even recently. I got to go through some of the stuff I heard from him recently and, and clip out some of the stuff because it's bad. It is straight up bad. But what else do you expect from somebody who says stuff like this? A friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. Did we expect more from him, honestly? Did anybody expect for this guy to be like a bastion of freedom? 
Tell me what you think about him in the comments. I think he's terrible. Next up, let's talk about the Seven Mountains mandate. It is all over the place right now, and nobody fully understands just how integrated into society it is. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. We stand against wokeness, the occult, and every evil attempt against our nation. Okay, look, I know that this is like some weird Christian thing, but can you please pick something other than the Hitler salute to be your 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 special salute that you give? This is a TV show called Flashpoint. If you're unfamiliar, it's on the Victory Network, which is Kenneth Copeland's TV network, like E or Oxygen, Cartoon Network, so on and so forth. Anyway, he decided to do a, I forget what it's called. He calls it a decree of some sort. Watchman's decree? Yeah, I think that's what it is, Watchman's decree. Well, he's changed it a little bit. He did this before, but he made it a little bit more digestible, a little bit shorter. Listen to what he has to say here. Let's say this together, all right? All right, just here we go. We decree and declare that America's executive branch of government will honor God and defend the Constitution. Our legislative branch, Congress, will write only laws that are righteous and constitutional. So what he's saying, he's slipping in little words like our legislative branch will only write laws that are constitutional. I mean, all of that seems okay at its face at first, right? But he keeps slipping little things in. They'll only write laws that are righteous and constitutional. They want these laws that are being written to be in favor of Christian nationalism. These people are making it seem innocuous when they are very clearly not innocuous. They are doing everything they can to radicalize the right side or, or the the right wing of the United States. Keep listening here while these people throw up their hands like they're hailing Hitler. Our judicial system will issue rulings that are biblical and constitutional. Judicial system, biblical, constitutional. Okay, how could a judicial... I'm sorry, let, let's just follow me through here for a second. How can a judicial system say that... How can the Supreme Court, for example issue rulings that are constitutional. They define what is constitutional. By definition, they only hand out constitutional whatevers, even if it doesn't actually follow the Constitution at all. The real operative word in that whole equation is biblical. Biblical and constitutional. That's what they're looking for. The reason they have this decree in the first place is because there's this thing called seven, the Seven Mountains Mandate, Seven Mountains Dominionism. If you never heard of this, we'll talk about it at length. The Seven Mountains Mandate. We'll get into it in a second. Just keep listening to the decree. Our judicial system will issue rulings that are biblical and constitutional. We stand against wokeness, the occult, and every evil attempt against our nation. Is that meant to imply that wokeness is the occult? We now take back our God-given freedoms according to our Constitution. 
We take back influence at the local level in our communities. We take back and permanently control positions of influence and leadership in each of the seven mountains. You catch what he just said there? Seven mountains? Again, I'll talk about that in a second. But think about what they're saying here, okay? These people have millions, maybe billions of dollars to spend on market research and figuring out exactly what it is that people want, exactly what is going to, what issue can they lean into to win an election. These people spend tons of money on it. In fact, the Flashpoint people are the ones that sway elections. If they talk about the border nonstop and get people whipped into a blood frenzy over it, then it's going to be the hot topic. It's going to be the issue in the election. Whoever can be the most psychotic over immigration will win, basically. That's who Flashpoint is. That's what they do. So it's valuable to us to think about what they're talking about and what they're not talking about. It's pure, unadulterated propaganda. Think about what they aren't talking about right now. For one thing, they're not really talking about abortion. Not very much. A little. And for another thing, they are talking about running for office at a local level. You catch that? ...control positions of influence and leadership in each of the seven mountains. The seven mountains are the seven areas of society that they're trying to overtake. It includes the military, um, branches of government, various branches, the economy, and so on and so forth. We'll, We'll get to that in more detail, like I said. But if they are trying to overtake local level politics, you should be trying to do the same. You should be working to prevent nutcases from taking these elections, from winning these seats. Get out there, run for office, vote, do whatever it takes to prevent these nutter butters from taking a seat at the table. I right, keep listening here. Again, we're going to talk about Seven Mountains in a second. It's relevant. The blood of Jesus covers and protects our nation. It protects and separates us for God. Our nation is energy dependent. We decree America is strong spiritually, financially, militarily, and technologically. We decree evil carries no power nor authority nor rights in our land. Uh, some dude yawning back here. You see this? Nor rights in our land. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he's sick of it. The point is, that, though, that they're trying to get people to... They're brainwashing them, right? They're trying to get them to see the world through this lens. Absolutely psychotic. Authority, nor rights in our land, nor over our people. And finally, we decree we will operate in unity beyond denominational lines to accomplish the purposes of God for our nation. See, this is like a church service almost, right? Like, I've seen people do this kind of thing at, at church before. Stand there with a card, reading the card out with everybody else. It, it's, like, it's a prayer. The watchman's decree. It's effectively a prayer. The watchman's prayer. Beyond denominational lines to accomplish the purposes of God for our nation. If you believe that, give God a big praise. <laughs> That's psychotic, man. 
That is absolutely wacky. Now, if you, uh, I'm sorry. Now, if you noticed, he mentioned the Seven Mountains mandate, Seven Mountains Dominionism, right? Hey, another order from Eric. Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate it. That is awesome. This is on the right here, Floyd Brown. He is the campaign chairman for Cary Lake, running for Senate, I believe, in Arizona. Cary Lake is absolutely insane. And on the left, I believe this is a guy named Dave Scarlett. He runs a podcast type of thing. Let me see if I got that name right. Yeah, so here's another example of the guy. What's his name? I can't remember his name for the life of me. It's the His Glory podcast, though, right? His Glory. Hold on. I got to find this guy's name now. His Glory TV. Look at this. This is Julie Green on here. Now what the Lord is saying, no matter what he's been threatened with, no matter what his life has been threatened with or his family, he's going to go forward and he's going to um, expose what he knows because he can't live life knowing, even trying to save his own family or his own life. He can't live the fact of what he knows about this fraudulent government. So he's going to be David, like a David, and he's going to tell the truth. This is absolutely insane, dude. I just found myself staring down a rabbit hole. I'm looking at this dude's website. Look at this. Hisglory.me. This is actually beautifully done. I really like this website. I don't know who made it. I don't know if it's like a WordPress theme or what. Let's see. Is it a WordPress theme? Maybe, maybe so, maybe not. No, doesn't. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is a WordPress theme. Okay. It's beautiful. I love that. That is really, really nice. And look what he's got here. Look on his website. Meal replacement challenge. Kingdom fuel. You guys know that I get offers to do, what do you call them? Like sponsorship ads, like constantly. And they're like, I don't know, $1,000 per video or something like that, that I could put up there. But it's only ever from people like this like kingdom fuel or probiotic or you know the stupid alex jones garbage that he shills i just in in good conscience cannot do that i can i don't care how much you're gonna give me i cannot like shill their ridiculous homeopathic nonsense we're under attack we can only win if we're strong join the his glory ministry team for 21 day journey that will strengthen our bodies and grow our spirits together we'll be renewed in this kingdom fuel chocolate kingdom fuel you seeing this complete meal shake kingdom fuel oh my god dude and this isn't even what this was supposed to be about like i had a point that i was getting to with this oh man i don't remember this guy's name but he's from the his glory podcast anyway listen to floyd brown here campaign chairman for uh carrie lake uh, this clip by the way is from Early February 2022. Give this a listen. You're talking about the Seven Mountains, which is the business mountain, the government mountain, the education mountain, uh, all of these different mountains, the church mountain, the family mountain. Uh, these mountains are very significant. And, you know, uh, Scripture talks, especially in the Old Testament, a lot about the high places. Yes. And the gates. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that Satan sets up his gates in the high places with his spiritual forces, his principalities, his, his spirits of darkness. And, and as Christians, we've got to go and reclaim those mountaintops for, uh, for Jesus. That's and right. uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in to claim them all. So what, what is the seven mountains mandate? What the hell is he even talking about? 
the mountains, reclaim the mountains. What does all of that mean exactly? Well, as it turns out, I've actually talked about this at length before, so let past me explain it for me. Quick note before we continue, I want to let you know I just wrote a book. If you want to check it out, owenmorgan.com slash book. It's a book about my experiences within Jehovah's Witnesses. It's completely understandable if you know nothing about Jehovah's Witnesses. And if you're a Christian, it's a good reference to use for why Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong about their interpretation of the Bible. The last chapter of the book is 100 questions that I have for the governing body. I'm selling the last chapter separately as its own separate guide, if you guys want to get that too. So check it out, owenmorgan.com slash book. I'd appreciate that. In 1902, there's this document that appeared. It was called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, okay? And it was originally 27 or I think 27 different protocols. It was just like they were each published in newspapers in Tsarist Russia, before World War One, they were like this long. And the claim was that these protocols were found on a dead Jewish soldier, and they were originally from the elders of the Jewish community, and they were the Jewish plan for world domination. That's obviously completely made up. It, it was not found on a dead Jewish soldier. It was fabricated almost certainly by the Okhrana, which was the predecessor to the KGB. In 1905, it was published in, uh, all of them were published in a book called The Protocols of the, Lear- of the Meetings of the Learned Elders of Zion. That, that was the name of the book originally. So between 1902 and 1905, they were published in newspapers, and then they were compiled into a book. Now, I have a copy of that book, as a matter of fact. You can find this this book on the FBI website because throughout the generations, this book has been reproduced over and over and over again. Hitler mentioned it in his book, Mein Kampf. Henry Ford, the guy that invented vehicles, he also made copies of this and mailed them out. He used a printing press to mass produce these. And in the 1970s, there was another person that was printing these out and mailing them to people around the United States. And that's when this copy was mailed in to the FBI and said, hey, somebody is printing these out and sending them out to people if you wanted to look into this. Of course, it's not illegal to own one or print it out or whatever. It's just anti-Jewish propaganda. So what what is it exactly? It's anti-Jewish propaganda that dates back thousands of years. Every accusation you'll find against the Jewish community is in this. It's very obviously not written by by Jewish people. Let me just show you what I mean. This is protocol two. Let me just give this a read. See if any of this sounds familiar to you, okay? We must see to that wars be brought on economic grounds, putting the nations at the mercy of our international agenda, when our international rights of gold will wipe out all national rights. Our employees chosen from the Goyim cattle, Goyim being a derogatory term for non-Jews, kind of like Gentile, except it's like a slur. That's how it's phrased, basically, in, in this document. Our employees chosen from the Goyim cattle must be of a type that submit to blind and servile obedience to our specialists and, ad, uh, and advisors who've been trained from childhood to rule the affairs of the world. These are not empty words. Think of the successes... We arranged for Darwinism, Marxism, Nietzscheism, etc. To us, the Jews, really, 
to us, the Jews, because we didn't know it was Jews before. So they wanted to make sure that we knew that this is Jews that wrote this. So they just they put that in there to us, Jews. This is a joke. Seriously, who actually bought this? Who really believed any of this nonsense? What we're reading here with the to us, comma, Jews, comma, this is called exposition. If you've never heard of exposition, let I'll just have I'll have this cute redhead explain it for me. Here's this cute redhead explaining exposition. Check this out. My favorite part of a film is exposition, which is when one character tells another character something that both of them already know. Gentlemen, you already know that the Raven has struck again. Now, I don't need to remind you that we are cops. The Raven's a myth. <laughs> Michael, how long have we known each other? Ten years? Joey, you're my brother. Longer than ten years. Say, do I have to call Mom to establish that you and I are siblings? Don't call Mom. I'm calling Mom. Hold on. <sighs> Hello, Mom? Mikey, it's me, your elderly and or Jewish mother. Yeah, oh, Just call in to mom. say that you're still single and your career's going nowhere. Mom, 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 listen to me, will you? If I don't catch the raven, they're going to close the precinct. Close the precinct? But it's Christmas. You think I don't know that, ghost of a child who died on my first case? And that's how exposition works. But of course, you already knew that. There's a wall there. This, this guy is fantastic. By the way, that's the title of the video. Cute Redhead Explains How Movies Work. And it's on the Alistair Beckett King YouTube channel, I think. Anyways, even at the end, this subtle joke here. You already knew that. It's a wall there. Even that was just an absolutely on-point joke. In film, there's something called breaking the fourth wall, where the fourth wall is the viewer that's watching. You're breaking the wall there because you're talking to the viewer. When somebody in film talks to the viewer, you're breaking the fourth wall. And he walks right into this wall and says, oh, there's a wall here after breaking the fourth wall. I just, everything about this video is on point. Anyway, the point is, back to the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Think of the successes we've arranged for Darwinism, Marxism, Nietzscheism, etc. To us, Jews, comma, it is plain what a destructively blah, blah, blah. Really? The exposition is painfully obvious in this. Anyways, it is plain what a destructively disintegrating force these directives have had upon the minds of the Goyim cattle. That being Darwinism and Marxism and Nietzscheism. Sounding familiar, right? All this stuff about... Marxism, just about every conspiracy theory you can think of has come out of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And again, there are somewhere in the range of 27, I think, 4, 18, 19, 20, 21, 23. They're all out of order. Yeah, I think there are 27 of them. And and there's a, it's a whole book. Anyways, the belief that Jews drink blood or adrenochrome, the idea that Evil people are coming to take kids and, and, you know, suck their blood out of their arms like they're sticking a straw in a Capri Sun. That came from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. The White Hats tainted the elite's adrenochrome supply with the coronavirus. And that's why so many members of the elites are getting the coronavirus, if indeed they do have their coronavirus. Um, so adrenochrome is a drug that the elites love. It comes from children. The drug is extracted from the pituitary gland of tortured children. That was originally an anti 
Jewish conspiracy theory called blood libel. QAnon's beliefs, pretty much all of them, came out of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. QAnon, whether they realize it or not, is a rebranded Nazi death cult. Seriously, they may not even know. Cancel culture came out of this. Fear of Marxism and communism and Darwinism, all of it, it came out of this. Fascinatingly, a reporter discovered that this this set of protocols, this book, basically, 80% of it was plagiarized from a French satire book written in 1854. 80% came out of this French satire book that wasn't even about Jews. The idea that Jews control the big banks and the media and everything, something that was actually echoed in Osama bin Laden's letter to America, that's from Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Cancel culture, um, blood libel about people eating babies or drinking children's blood or whatever, that's from Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Marxism, Darwinism, communism being evil and being used to destroy society. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Great replacement conspiracy where people are trying to bring in immigrants from other countries to outweigh votes. You know, like Donald Trump has claimed in the past, or Tucker Carlson, the Democrats are bussing in Mexicans to vote in our elections. Completely made up from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I know that the left and all the little gatekeepers on Twitter become literally hysterical if you use the term replacement, if you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But they become hysterical because that's that's what's happening, actually. Let's just say it. That's mm. true. The power that I have yeah. as an American guaranteed at birth is one man, one vote, and they're diluting it. No, they're not allowed to do that. Why are we putting up with this? Even though a lot of people like Tucker want you to believe that all immigrants are very left wing, the truth is that, um, uh, you know, Cubans and Venezuelans are not very left wing. There are lots of uh, Asian immigrants that are not left wing. There are many Eastern European immigrants that are not left wing. Anyway, let, let's imagine that naturalized immigrants by a 60 40 margin vote for Democrats. That means that for every 500,000 immigrants that become citizens, that's only a hundred thousand vote margin for Democrats. When you compare that to population growth, when you compare that to people who move between states, it's a drop in the bucket when you talk about bringing people in, having them wait the five years before they can request citizenship and then the additional period to go through that process. If this is how Democrats are trying to win, it's a very stupid strategy. The idea that they're trying to enslave the world the Great Reset conspiracy, like all of this stuff is from protocols. It's all made up nonsense. So I said that it was the Jews' plan for world domination. Let me show you what the actual outlined plan was in this um, fabricated, plagiarized, fake book about Jews. By the way, source of almost all anti-Semitism over the past thousand years, or at least it's all compiled into one source. There's a thing called Seven Mountain, the Seven Mountains Mandate. Lance Walna explains it for us pretty clearly. Just listen to Lance's breakdown of what Seven Mountains Dominionism is. This is evangelicals' plan to take over the United States and, and take it from the hands of just normal people that aren't extremist nutcases. This plan was outlined in the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. 
3% of the population, roughly 3 to 4% of the population, are radical leftist elites. 30% of the population are evangelical born-again Christians that are inclined to go towards Pentecostal language. I mean, we're really out there. 30% against 3%, but they neutralize the church because they're also in religion. They changed the definition of marriage, so they've taken over family. They've totally taken over academia, so the education institutions are teaching leftist theology. He's listing the seven mountains, the seven pillars of society. Education, military, economy, government, so on and so forth. And he, his whole idea, also the idea of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, was to take control of those areas. Just get your 3% of the people to the top of these areas of society, and you can control everybody else. They're controlling government right now. They've taken over legacy media, Hollywood, entertainment, and, uh, and arts. I mean, who is they in this scenario? Certainly left-wing or left-leaning Jews, right? I mean, who controls Hollywood? It's the Jews, right? It, that's constantly... That's one of the, the biggest conspiracy theories that stuck. Hollywood and entertainment and media and everything is all controlled by the Jews. He is now saying that it's simply people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport, I guess. But at its core, this entire thing is an anti-Semitic conspiracy. And uh, now they've got Wall Street. This is 3%. 30% of the, of the population is Christian. How is it that 30% are dominated by 3%? They have a worldview for bringing their kingdom here now. We're told to pray thy kingdom come, but we put it off to the second coming. Jesus was supposed to have taken control and become the king. You're not supposed to impose your kingdom on society, but okay, whatever, whatever. We put it off. They are organized. Who is they? Nobody is organized to take this stuff over. This is psychotic. It's a full-blown conspiracy theory trying to whip people into a blood frenzy and freak them out to the point that they are willing to run for office and try to take control of these seven areas of society. And we are not. So God says, I'm going to send you a revival. And we're praying for revival. And as we pray for revival, we think, well, watch what happens. That 30 will become 50%. It doesn't matter because the guards in the prison control what goes on with the inmates, you could have 75%. And if they control those high places, you still are in suppression, because that's the story of history. So it's not just in having more. We certainly want souls. In eternity, that's the most important thing. And this is, Mario, where a lot of people get confused. Is it the kingdom more important? Is it Jesus more important? Is it souls more important? Of course, this isn't either or. It's both and. We want souls, and we want nations. Jesus was promised nations for his inheritance, not just churches. So anyways, that's the plan for world domination. Evangelical Christians stole this from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, this anti-Semitic conspiracy theory document published in 1905, originally 1902 to 1905, in Tsarist Russia. And you know what else is fascinating? The Middle East absolutely hates Israel. Oh, my God, they hate them. Now, there's uh, an explanation for why 
a lot of Middle Eastern countries don't like Israel. And the explanation is because they've horrifically oppressed and committed genocide on a lot of people in Palestine. But you know what? The Middle East actually hated Israel before Israel. Or they hated Jews before Israel even existed as a country came into existence about 1947, 1948. But all through the 1900s, specifically during Stalin's reign, Stalin was having the KGB, the USSR's secret police, like like the CIA kind of, he was having them pass out copies of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion to all of the countries in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Egypt, Palestine, so on and so forth. He's passing them out all over the place for people to read. That's why that was the original, the heart of the anti-Semitism in the Middle East. And it just grew larger and larger and larger from there. So that should give you a little bit of context for what the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is and how evangelicals are rebranding it to be useful to them. Thanks, Past Me. I appreciate that explanation. That was quite succinct and well done. Couldn't have done it better myself. Anyway, the point is... Seven Mountains Dominionism is lifted directly out of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, this old anti-Semitic book. It's existed for like hundreds of years now, 1905, and was used to demonize Jews through, God, since 1905 all the way through to now, really. Now that you've heard what the seven mountains mandate is seven mountains dominionism listen to this one more time listen to what floyd brown campaign chairman of kerry lake has to say you're talking about the seven mountains which is the business mountain the government mountain the education mountain uh, all of these different mountains the church mountain the family mountain uh, these mountains are very significant and, you know, uh, Scripture talks, especially in the Old Testament, a lot about the high places yes, and the gates. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that Satan sets up his gates in the high places. So I guess they're claiming that the Bible mentions the seven mountains or whatever. That's insane. Absolutely unglued from reality. And once again, we have the, the, well, I think what they call the Watchman's Decree. I don't know if that's what they're calling it here, but that's what they've called it historically. Watchman's Decree, where they're trying to take over the seven mountains. Remember, they literally took a supposed Jewish plan for world domination and are actually openly trying to implement it as the plan to take over a country. This is insane. We stand against wokeness, the occult, and every evil attempt against our nation. We now take back our God-given freedoms according to our Constitution. They take back their God-given freedoms according to the Constitution. Here's another Watchman's decree that they gave. Like, uh, when was this one? This is uh, July 1st, 2022, when they did this Watchman's decree, as they called it. All right, go ahead. All right, Dutch, lead us. So we'll read it together, okay? As a patriot of faith, I attest my allegiance first and foremost to the kingdom of God and the Great Commission. Secondly, I agree to be a watchman over our nation, 
concerning its people and their rights for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They believe themselves to be the watchmen over the country's people and our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They believe themselves to be the watchmen. I mean, really try to process that statement. Jesus, dude. Get help, people. This is what happens when we have a failing, crumbling mental health system in the United States. This is the result right here. Tell me what you think about it in the comments. This is just nuts, man. Next up, Tucker Carlson interviewed Vladimir Putin, and it went about as well as you'd expect. He practically let Putin talk uninterrupted for two hours straight. Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon, and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Tucker Carlson, as many people know. He's decided to interview Vladimir Putin in Russia, and there seems to be like a lot of outrage over this. I think Tucker is very obviously a Russian spy or a plant or stooge or whatever. Not even useful idiot. In my opinion, he knows what he's doing. But just listen to what he says here. This is him announcing his interview with Vladimir Putin. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Okay, so just saying there are risks, obviously. Well, that's true. There are risks, absolutely. But the implication seems to be the U.S. government is going to come after him to kill him or some other nonsense. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no... Is that so? Not informed, you say? Okay. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. I've said this before, but let me just put this on the record. This is the best money the United States has ever spent. It's money intended to and accomplishing the task of embarrassing a historical adversary, somebody who views themselves as an adversary. And really, half the money, at least 50% of what we're sending, isn't even cash. We're sending old supplies that need to be recycled anyway. Every five years, we have to get new MREs, new helmets, new weapons, new blankets, new tents, new everythings. That's just like part of having a military. That's part of the cost. Instead of throwing these in the trash, we are equipping our own army with the most advanced technology known to man, effectively, and giving our previous stuff that we were going to throw in the trash to Ukrainians. It's a perfect trade-off. The other half is in money. It's showing that they're not as strong as they want everybody to believe them to be, which is valuable because people are afraid of them right now, or they were before the Ukraine war. Now no one, no one is really afraid of them. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians. And whose fault is that? And it's depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. Sure, yes. And in total, they have upended the world economy. No, they've upended Russia's economy. 
Russia is not the world. Very different. And Russia deserved those sanctions. Russia did this. This is their fault. I don't want to hear it. Look, they lined like 100,000 troops up along the border in Ukraine, and they marched in. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense. It's everyone else's fault. It's the U.S.'s fault for putting sanctions on them and all this. No, this is Russia's fault. The fact that he's wording it this way should be all you need to hear to realize that he's a Russian stooge, not even a useful idiot, a seemingly a willing participant in harming Russia's enemies, effectively. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast. Not really, that's just Russian propaganda. system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the U.S. dollar. Not really, it's still the U.S., or it's still the world reserve currency. These are not small changes, they are- I mean, this is all just Russian propaganda. Why is he repeating this? History-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. Oh, you mean Russia's historical allies? I mean, what if we ask people in places that are not historical allies with Russia? Would they say the same? I doubt it. Quick interjection, this won't take long. If you like what I do, I'd appreciate it if you watch the video to the end. YouTube bases video reach off of watch time, so watching even an extra minute makes the video go further. Liking and subscribing goes a long way too. Finally, it would be awesome if you guys checked out my Patreon. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. This is just pure, unadulterated propaganda. And what's worse, you know, I get you've got your little pet issues in the United States that you wanna spread propaganda about, that's bad. But what is even worse about this is that this is benefiting an, an adversarial nation to the U.S. He is setting out to help people or help dictators overthrow the U.S. by putting stuff like this out. This is shameless garbage. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And Look, I don't even know what he's doing. There's a lot of stuff that's changed. What do you mean nothing has changed? They think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. Right, right, okay. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began. You mean since the day that Putin marched his troops over the border in Ukraine and sent paratroopers into Kyiv to take it? I just want to make sure we're talking about the same event. That's the thing you're talking about, right? For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe. Okay, that's just complete nonsense. I don't know if Tucker, I'm sorry, I don't know if Zelensky is going to take an interview with Tucker. I doubt it. I would say no, because he knows that he is a Russian propagandist at this point. If he sat down in a room with Tucker Carlson, I would worry that Zelensky wouldn't walk out of that room alive anymore. 
This guy is a Russian puppet now, right? Person in Asia here can't really see much change, right? <laughs> you telling me that Tucker is lying about the United States being diminished by the fact that Russia started a war in Ukraine? This is such a joke. You know, the thing is, here's how I know how the world feels about it. Okay, let me just read this article to you about the United Nations. It's called the United Nations Generally, I'm sorry, General Assembly Re Resolution ES11-1. It was a resolution of the 11th Emergency Special Session of the U.S., I'm sorry, of the U.N. General Assembly, adopted March 2nd, 2022. That's about a week or two after Russia lined troops up along the Ukrainian border and marched them in. I think he marched the troops in in February. He had spent the previous few months lining them up along the border. March 2nd, like two weeks after this happened, 141 countries voted for Russia to exit Ukraine. Five voted for Russia to stay. It deplored Russia's invasion of Ukraine and demanded a full withdrawal of Russian forces and a reversal of its decision to recognize the self-declared People's Republics of Donetsk and Luhansk. That was uh, Putin's attempt to break eastern Ukraine off of Ukraine as a whole, which, by the way, was predicted by John McCain in 2014. Really. What is going to happen? I predict to you that it will be another step in Vladimir Putin's strategy to separate eastern Ukraine from Ukraine. And this is 2014. Putin invaded Crimea. McCain spoke to a reporter about what he knew Putin was going to do. This was the plan all along. We have to understand that Vladimir Putin's ambitions are the restoration of the old Russian Empire. But he has never said, has he, that he wants eastern Ukraine to be incorporated into Russian territory. What he has uh, said is, oh, just a few days ago, he said, I could take Kiev in two weeks. But and he tried. When this whole war started, he tried. But what, he has what he has said is that he wants Nova Russia, which is an old czarist phrase, which means he need wants eastern Ukraine. He wants to make sure he keeps Crimea. And he would like to see, if he can get away with it, Moldova and the Baltics. That's interesting, isn't it? Baltics being like Latvia, um, Lithuania, and Estonia, I think. They're south of Finland and north of Ukraine, I believe. It's been a while since I've looked at a map. But the point is that McCain predicted everything, everything that's happening right now in 2014. Here we sit listening to C Tucker Carlson lie about it. Now, how does the world feel? United Nations General Assembly Resolution ES-11-1. March 2nd, like two weeks after this happened, 141 countries voted for Russia to exit Ukraine. Five voted for Russia to stay. And 35 didn't say a word. They just stood there. They said, we'll see how this plays out. We're going to stand on the sidelines. Tell me again, the world sees it, you say? 141 countries voted against Russia doing this. The world sees it? This guy's a propagandist, and it's the worst kind of propaganda. Why is he doing this? What is his goal here? Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. Just nonsensical garbage. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. 
At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict. I think people have tried, but Russia is the aggressor here. Russia is breaking international law. Russia started a war with a neighboring country. Russia is putting world stability at risk. Russia was denounced by 141 countries, only supported by five, and 35 others um, abstained from the vote. For the record, 12 more were absent. I'm assuming they were underdeveloped countries, maybe Somaliland, and so I have no idea. But the point is that uh, nobody in the world wanted this or liked this. Everybody recognized this as the war crime that it was, or that it currently continues to be. And here we sit listening to Tucker Carlson defend it, claim that Putin is innocent in this whole thing and no one has heard his part. People just need to listen to the guy that sent, you know, 100,000 troops over a border to murder people for no reason. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Whether people have interviewed Putin is completely immaterial to the fact that Tucker is a propagandist right now and is not acting in the role of journalist. If you go into an interview puffing up your interview partner, your interviewee or whatever, to this degree, this is not journalism. This is commentary, political commentary at best. He's supporting Putin with this, and he claims to be a journalist, really. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Who wrote the script? Do you think, do you think Tucker did? Do you think Tucker's script writers wrote the script? Or do you think Putin's script writers wrote the script? It sounds like something right out of Putin's mouth, right? Americans are implicated in this and we have the right to tell them that because we're Americans too. Uh, okay, you could tell us that whether you're American or not. It's kind of weird that you mentioned being American. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. I don't even know why he said that. That's just weird. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. Sure, yeah. Nobody said you weren't. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. Yes, correct. And I don't go on. What's the point here? But they're trying anyway. Who's trying? Who is trying to take your right to speak away? What are you even talking about? I mean, he's acting as a propagandist for Russia. Russia's not technically an enemy because we're not in a direct hot war with them. In fact, war hasn't even been declared between us and them. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages. And that is not what happened. God, it's fascinating that this is the defense he's going with on this one. There's a lawsuit against Fox News by Dominion. It's a voting system company. And uh, Dominion subpoenaed Fox and other people and other phones and all that stuff for text message records to prove that they knew exactly what they were doing. Now, whose texts did they receive? They got Tucker Carlson's and they proved that Tucker knew what he was doing. Oh, and they proved he hated Donald Trump, too. That wasn't Biden stealing his text messages? Like, what does that even mean? 
That was you sticking your foot in your mouth and getting in all kinds of hot water for it. Not be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then did not happen. Leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. Again, did not happen. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Now, I do remember him talking about a Putin interview all the way back then. Now, that would have been fine. I don't have a problem with anybody interviewing Putin. In fact, I, they should. Quick note before we continue, I want to let you know I just wrote a book. If you want to check it out, owenmorgan.com slash book. It's a book about my experiences within Jehovah's Witnesses. It's completely understandable if you know nothing about Jehovah's Witnesses. And if you're a Christian, it's a good reference to use for why Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong about their interpretation of the Bible. The last chapter of the book is 100 questions that I have for the governing body. I'm selling the last chapter separately as its own separate guide if you guys want to get that too. So check it out, owenmorgan.com book. I'd appreciate that. I would like to see people interview Putin. Absolutely. That'd be fascinating. I mean, it would be pure unadulterated propaganda coming from Vladimir Putin, but I would love to hear an interview that included a, at least a little pushback from the interviewer. Tucker Carlson's going to offer no pushback. It is only going to be positive, put, you know, putting a puff in his petticoat, basically, the entire time. The interview actually happened already. It happened a lot sooner than I expected it to. I gave it a listen, and of course, he is only putting a puff in Putin's petticoat. Excuse the alliteration. Actually, he didn't really say anything to Putin. He just kept asking him question after question to draw out more information, and Putin just propagandized the entire time. The entire interview could be summed up like this. Putin told the history of Russia from the year 800-something and used that history as the premise to claim ownership over Ukraine. He says Ukraine was historically part of Russia, and so were the Baltics, you know, Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia, I think. And that justifies Putin going into Latvia and Moldova and Ukraine and just taking them because he owns them ultimately. That's the way he views it. It was insane. And of course, Putin insulted Tucker, pointed out that the CIA wouldn't even hire him, pointed out that he's just a talk show host. He's not a serious journalist. It was actually kind of entertaining. If you want to see more of the Tucker interview with Putin, I might actually watch it on my Unfiltered channel, Owen Unfiltered. In fact, you can go over there now and check. Maybe it's already uploaded, you know, my breakdown of the interview. But anyway, that's how it went. It was ridiculous. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. We are pretty certain that the Biden administration hacked our phones and took our text messages. Come on. Again, but this time we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. No. We want it to remain prosperous and free. Absolutely not, no. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group, nor are we. Mm, okay, I mean, you're, you're filthy rich. Did you even need to? I don't understand what the point was. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group, nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing. I mean, he's saying things that are just normal, like all of this stuff is true about me, too. Uh, you can watch my videos for free. Nothing's behind a paywall. I literally have nothing behind a paywall. Every video I ever release is public. 
So, yeah, okay, great. Congratulations, Tucker. Shot live to tape and unedited on our website, tuckercarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X. Why am I not surprised by that? And we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms. No, they're not less principled. I don't even know who he's talking about or what platforms he's talking about, but there's totally a justification for taking away the reach of this, uh, this, what do you call like this interview. He wants to put it on his website, go nuts. You can do whatever you want, but social media companies should not give this viral reach, in my opinion. That's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview. Yeah, he's just going to put a puff in his petticoat for 20 straight minutes, I bet, right? Or however long the interview, maybe three hours. It's a long time to puff someone's petticoat. You ever tried to puff a petticoat? We are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. Pure, unadulterated propaganda. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And what's even worse is that people are defending this. He's obviously not doing journalism here, right? He has a Russian bend. Could it be any clearer? That's not journalism, that's propaganda. And we have Megyn Kelly, ex-Fox host. She's on Sky News now, apparently. I'm not even sure where she is. She had something to say about it. Listen to this. Let's let's also talk here about. I noticed that uh, you know other people in the media are going nuts because Tucker Carlson is interviewing a Russian propagandist. Yeah, doing Putin. And I was thinking, who's somebody else who's interviewed Putin? Oh, that's right, my mate Megan. Um, but what I also find quite bizarre here is that. I'm a little bit of like the old school rules about, remember the time person of the year? It wasn't about whether they were a good guy or a bad guy. It was whether they were um, uh, you know, impactful, right? So, Sure, yeah. Therefore, whether they're good guys or bad guys, you still want to sit down and talk to them. What? Absolutely, yes. What happens in the interview? Okay, we'll all wait and watch and make our own decision. But the freak out at somebody even going to Moscow to interview him... That's not what I'm freaking out about. I think it would be good for somebody to go in there and interview Putin. Absolutely. I want to see that interview, but not from a Russian propagandist. I find quite odd, Megan. So sick of this nonsense. I mean, back in my day, we were allowed to interview the bad guy, the bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. I have talked about interviews. How? Oh my God, dude. I've talked about this a couple of clips like a thousand times. I talked about this November 4th, 1982 interview with the KKK Grand Wizard. I mean, I went through the whole thing. That's me platforming a KKK Grand Wizard. There's nothing wrong with interviewing bad people. It's good. It shows people what they have to say, what they're all about and everything. I have no problem with that. Yes, interview bad people. Absolutely. That's not the problem. It's that Tucker Carlson is a propagandist. Back in my day we were allowed to interview the bad guy the bad guys it was oh back in her day isn't a shock to see a journalist across from a bad guy i watched mike wallace <laughs> in what was called murderer's row on 60 minutes because they were all so tough interviewed the ayatollah of iran yeah that would be fascinating i would love to see those interviews for sure that nothing wrong with that like i said i watched him interview the 
head of the KKK wearing a white hood. Yes. Love it. I want to hear more of that. I want to see more crazy interviews like this. It, the wow. guy was in the hood in the interview. Diane Sawyer, another person I greatly admire, interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer, who murdered people and then ate them. That was not a bridge too far for Americans to see as an interview. Charles Manson, one of the most notorious murderers in American history. She sat down across from him. Yeah, but you know the difference between this and all of the examples that, that were cited? Those people went into those interviews understanding that this person is unglued from reality. Dude has a swastika carved into his forehead and is like acting all crazy, gigantic eyes and running around. And you don't know if he's going to like, if he brought like a shiv with him that he's going to stab you in the interview. Still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. The interview is not framed as this person isn't so bad or let's hear their side of the story. It's framed as this is what the person did. Now let's sit here and listen. And they push back sometimes. Really, the reporter's goal in interviewing the KKK leader was to get his ideas out and understand them and dissect them. Now, the KKK interview that I talked about a minute ago, this one, um, John Brennan or something? I don't remember who the interviewer was. He was he was biased against the KKK leader. If you're interviewing somebody that's absolutely terrible, push back against their insane claims. Make sure that it's on record. Everybody understands what they're saying is a lie. But listen, let, you know, let them get it out. You want them to get out what they have to say. That's interesting, you know? And what's Tucker going to do in this interview with Putin? He's going to talk about how great he is nonstop. I don't know when the new rule got handed down that we only get to interview the good guys. There is no such rule. It's very wacky. It would be if it was real. This is another case of like cancel culture strikes again, except there is no cancel culture. It's in her head. Cancel culture is in her head. We only get to interview the good guys. It's very wacky. Um, I went through this myself when I interviewed Alex Jones. Yes, now Tucker's going to go through it with Putin. Look, I haven't seen the interview. I support his right and duty as a journalist to do it. If he's not tough, if he doesn't ask him tough questions, he'll be excoriated, rightfully so. He's not going to ask him tough questions, and he's not going to be excoriated either. Rightfully so, she says. Oh, you're going to excoriate Tucker then when he all but gets on his knees for Vladimir Putin to praise him doing this. I love you, Putin. You're the best. You know, hands clasped like so, praying to him practically. This is what Tucker is going to be doing in his interview with Vladimir Putin. That's a duty he has. He shouldn't drop that ball. But let's just wait to see what the interview looks and sounds like before we dismiss it as as if Tucker didn't make it clear what the interview is going to look like in his announcement. Partisan hackery or some sort of ethical breach or some betrayal of the country. 
Oh, he betrayed the country. But also, uh, you know, and, and look, the actions of the government is always different than the actions of the people. But the idea that even going there is some sort of, you know, active... No, I have no problem with Tucker going there. That's fine. I think it's kind of interesting that Russia is arresting high-profile people and holding them hostage to trade for this or that or whatever thing to get something back from the U.S. Like Brittany Griner. Remember Brittany Griner? Putin had Brittany Griner arrested, sent her to a work camp for 10 years until they finally managed to make a trade for hostages. I think it's a bad idea to go to Russia right now for that reason, if no other. And if somebody as high profile as Tucker goes to Russia and doesn't get arrested and, uh, you know, a uh, uh, hostage trade is not attempted, that should be a sign, right? Shouldn't that be a sign to everybody else? Helping the enemy. You know, I, I spent some time in a YouTube deep dive the other day where I was... Oh, that... Kind of, that phrase never ends well. <laughs> the enemy. You know, I, I spent some time in a YouTube deep dive the other day where I was having a look at some old Billy Joel stuff. And remember when the culture sort of in the late 80s, early 90s was, um, you know, American invited to Moscow and shaking the hands of normal people and they're just... Yeah, it was a big deal back then because of the Cold War. Nobody had... There was an iron curtain. We didn't have any communication out of that area. We didn't know what it was like. Some people escaped. I mean, they didn't know what it was like over here either, really. So it's not, it was just, there was this huge separation. It was a big deal for us to finally join together and be able to shake hands and talk to each other. By the way, look at the uh, Chiron here. Left go nuts over Carlson's Putin interview. He, he's free to interview whoever he wants. And I really want a Putin interview on record. I just don't want him to get on his knees and praise him nonstop. That's all. It's like us. That, that seems to be where we were. Instead, now it's, you know, the entire country and its citizenry are all kooky and crazy. and e No, I don't have a problem with Russians. Evil and weird. And again, I'm not letting the bloke off the hook. You went tough on him. And obviously he is the aggressor when it comes to Ukraine. No question. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? You're, so you're apparently they acknowledge that. Well, that's something that Tucker does not acknowledge. He says he was the aggressor when it comes to Ukraine. Somebody tell Tucker that. What is going on? Watch her face when he says that. Just see if she reacts at all. She's an, she's an interviewer. She's a, well, she's not a reporter. She's a political commentator. But she, she has been a reporter in the past. And apparently now she's choosing to wear shirts that just show her cleavage. Like, literally, turtlenecks that have a cutout for her boobs. Why would somebody wear that? I don't know. What a bizarre shirt to wear if you want to be taken seriously. I don't take her seriously for other reasons, but it's just an odd choice is all I'm saying. All right, now watch her reaction here when he says this. He is the aggressor when it comes to Ukraine, no question. But this sort of total othering... Okay, she kind of nodded her head a little bit, yes. So she seems to recognize that Putin is to blame here, right? I wonder how she's going to react when Tucker gets on his knees to praise Putin, as he inevitably absolutely will. Is she going to side with Putin or is she going to side with, or I'm sorry, or is she going to side with America? But this sort of total othering of everyone in the joint. I have no problem with Russians. They're a-okay with me. Seems very, yes, yeah, it's, it's very weird, but surprise, surprise, sort of, you know, the media. Look, call me the left, okay? Uh, label me the left. I am the left. Left go nuts over Carlson's Putin interview. 
No, I think he's a scumbag and he's betraying the United States. That's my problem. If, uh, I don't know, if an AP reporter went over and interviewed Putin, would I have a problem with it? Absolutely not. I would love to see that. I, I would watch it. I'd watch the whole thing. If we had, uh, what's his name? If we had this guy, John Brennan, maybe Brennan is his name. If we had this guy over there interviewing Putin, all for it. Love it. If we got this Inside Edition woman over there who interviewed Kenneth Copeland about the verse in the Bible about the eye of the needle, I'd be all for it if she went and interviewed Putin. To those critics that say that a preacher should not be living a life of luxury, what is your response to that? They're wrong. Like 15 uninterrupted seconds of dead silence. <laughs> and a creepy smile. That's it? That it's a misunderstanding of the Bible. No, it's not. You misunderstood what Jesus said or, or intentionally misinterpreted. Anyway, the point is, I'd love to see this woman over there interviewing Putin. Let's get her over there. She didn't inject bias in. She asked plain questions. She wanted the answers to a certain number of things. The Bible says being wealthy is wrong. How do you justify that? Or she does follow-ups and stuff, right? This is hard-hitting journalism right here. I love it. Only problem is, I think if she like if she went and did that interview for Putin, I think this woman would not walk out of that room alive. You said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. Okay. <laughs> God, dude. Uh, what happened to all those verses about wrath, being slow to anger and all that junk? Anyway. Point is, I'd love to see some real journalists interview Putin. I want to see that. I want that. Yes. That is not what is happening with Tucker Carlson, like not even a little bit. So and I was going to say America's sweetheart, Goldie Hawn, she went over there with Kurt Russell uh, and was had an audience yeah. at, the, at the Kremlin. I mean, it, yeah, that's fine. I have no problem with that. It used to be just as you say. And by the way, now having been to Moscow and to St. Petersburg and to Kaliningrad, um, personally, I can tell you the Russian people are absolutely lovely and they love. Yeah, for sure. Tons of lovely Russian people. Absolutely. Call me the left. I agree. Who are you arguing with? She seems to be like in this state of mind where she's trying to defend the good nature of the Russian people. Fine. Yes, Russians are cool people. Absolutely. I don't understand what you're trying to prove here. Quick note before we continue, I'm writing a book about my experiences inside the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. I cover the culture and doctrine. It's understandable even if you know literally nothing about the religion, so I'd appreciate it if you gave it a read. To find out more, go to owenmorgan.com book. All links are in the description, of course. Okay, back to the video. They love Americans. They would love to come over here and visit. They love when we go over there. They love to show off their cities. They're so grateful when we show any interest in them. These I mean, she's talking about him as a monolith, and nobody's really a monolith, but okay. Russian people are just like everybody else on the planet. They're cool. These are not some rabid America haters. It's not... Did anybody say that? North Korea. You know, it's... it's Russia is actually feels very European in places like St. St. Petersburg. This is so stupid. Which is really like... It looks like Venice. If you've never been, it's it's like Venice. It's got a bunch of canals. It's got beautiful waters. It's got, it's just absolutely lovely. St. Petersburg. Okay, look, we're not talking about the landscape. We're talking about the fact that it's run by a dictator and Tucker Carlson, her buddy or her co 
a co-worker, I guess. They both worked at Fox for a while. He's going over there to propagandize against America for the dictator in Russia. That's my problem. So my point is you can hate the government, not hate the people. And that's the sure, fine. way through this because our kids are going to have to live with Russia in this world. And there's no point in starting and con continuing a another Cold War. What the Cold War was not between the American people and the Russian people. It was between the governments. And that extended out. You know, the government got people whipped into a blood frenzy against the other side, of course. But I don't hate Russian people, and Russian people don't hate me, I assume. this That's not what this is about. We're talking about the dictator. It's not to say that they shouldn't be held to account, the government, for what they've done. And yes, they support Vladimir Putin. They love a strong man. That's how Russians are. And Mother Russia's really been, you know, she's taken it on the chin these past several decades. I'm not sure that everybody supports Putin. I think he's more like a Trump figure. Some like him, some don't. But people are afraid to vote against him. And like Lukashenko in Belarus, he, interestingly enough, gets between 69 and 71 percent of the vote every single time. Bizarre, right? Is it weird that everybody always gets exactly in that that number range is it weird to anybody else that like slowly but surely every single member of parliament or whatever has slowly been replaced with members of putin's party people who are loyal to putin anyone think that's odd yeah putin is popular in russia that's true he is very popular like a cult-like figure but he is absolutely rigging the elections no doubt and Mother Russia's really been, you know, she's taken it out of the chin these past several decades. And they see a man who's standing up for Russia. And it's not uniform, but as a as a whole, they like him. Now, on the Tucker front, the, part of the reason they're skeptical of Tucker is he has not been hard on Russia in his coverage of this. No, that's not the problem. It's not that he hasn't been hard on Russia. He is putting a puff in Putin's petticoat. I don't know how else to say it without using swears. He's doing everything he can to show his love for Vladimir Putin. And it's absurd. How does... I mean, Megyn Kelly sees that, right? She must see that. Is she lying here or what? I don't know. He's been, if anything, defensive of them. And so I think people are expecting him to do a very flattering softball interview. Well, of course. He made that clear in his announcement. That will further in the, the narrative that people feel they've heard from Tucker, which is very defensive of Russia and very hard on Ukraine. And so they're... No, he's very defensive of Vladimir Putin and very critical. Uh, I guess he thinks like Ukraine should just give up and let Russia take over. That seems to be my, you know, that's what I'm interpreting here. Tucker, which is very defensive of Russia and very hard on Ukraine. And so they're anticipating hating it. Now, okay. That may be a problem with the interview. It may not be. Let's. No, it's going to be. Tucker said so in his announcement. Let's wait to see. Crazy thought. Let's wait to see how he does. And maybe, maybe if he asks him some tough questions, it'll be a real opportunity for us to learn something about. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. The whole thing will be propaganda on Putin's part. Oh, absolutely. But that's valuable. That's why I play propaganda. It's valuable. It's useful to listen to the things that the other side talks about so that we can learn what they are afraid of. That's why I watch Flashpoint all the time and stuff like that on uh, Owen Unfiltered YouTube channel. I watch that stuff because 
if they stop talking about abortion completely, they just cut it entirely out of their program, I know that they're afraid of what it's going to do to the party if they bring it up. If they zero in on immigration issues, I know they're doing that because they have millions or even billions of dollars invested in market research to see what people think and what they're concerned about and all that. And they believe, based on their market research, that immigration is the key issue that's going to determine the race. Yes, listening to propaganda is valuable. I agree. About, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest, the whole thing will be propaganda on Putin's part. But so I'm not going to say what he's actually thinking, hmm. but what he wants us to think, which is also interesting. Tucker Carlson is a, I don't know, what, what would you even call him? He's just like a, a lapdog for Putin. He's doing whatever Putin wants him to do. The fact that he went to Russia after Brittany Griner was arrested and imprisoned for 10 years and then traded for, you know, one of the prisoners we have here. The fact that Tucker went there after that event and did not himself get arrested should be all you need to know. His only goal is to improve Putin's reputation and image among Americans. And you know why that's disturbing to me more than anything? It's kind of grainy, but this picture says, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. Two guys wearing this, these shirts at a Trump rally in 2018. It was um, a midterm year. I guess he was probably promoting midterm um, you know, candidates and stuff. I'd rather be Russian than Democrat. That is about as bizarre and disturbing as it gets. Tell me what you think about this in the comments. I'm disgusted by Tucker. I think he's proven to be a Russian spy at this point, and people should be monitoring his phone calls. No joke. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.